Welcome to the Future Worlds Metaverse podcast, episode number nine. Um, today we have a very special guest. It's Mark Emtaz. Emtiaz, right? I always get your name. I always put an extra I in um, from Letty. Um, and uh, he was very instrumental in our Future Worlds 2022 conference that we had about a week ago. Um, he and his co-founder, Mark D'Andrea, um, came out. They were on the Virtual Worlds panel. And they've also been very helpful behind the scenes with other guests, getting people lined up for us and connections um, because they've been in the space for a while. So I'm glad to have them. Thank you for coming on today, Mark. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to the conversation. Sure. So let's start with some of your background because I did a little LinkedIn research and it looks like you're kind of an entrepreneur and you've been in different areas of business for quite a while, but start me out where where you started in business. Sure, glad to. So uh, after uh, school, uh, I joined uh, the corporate America. Uh, but the interesting thing is that when I look back, uh, I, the only position that I had, I was in corporate America for about 15 years. Uh, the only position that I had was the first one, which was uh, the only position that I had that was in a preset position was the first one. So after the first position, which took look uh, took six months, I uh, uh, I came up with an idea and presented it to the company, and they said that's a great idea. Why don't you form uh, a department around it? And here's the budget, and go go create it. So from there, uh, every position that I basically had for the following fifteen years. When I look back at it, it, was, it it followed that trend where I identified an opportunity within the organization, came up with a proposal to the management, and they said, that's a good idea. Why don't we form a department around it and go do it? So that's kind of uh, took me to finally realize that why am I doing this uh, in a you know, a, a large entity, why not doing it for myself? So the last company that I was with was Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company. And I left uh, that company in 2004 and joined forces with my brothers. And we started a, a company which basically became a global company. We had a global presence. Uh, we were in Australia, Southeast Asia, Europe, US, uh, Middle, Middle East, Dubai. Uh, and then we grew that uh, to a pretty substantial company. However, we got hit pretty hard with the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, so subsequent to that, in 2013, I left that entity and started uh, investing in uh, technology startups. Uh, I became an LP with a fund that was starting in LA. And I was also uh, investing uh, alongside with them or uh, doing my kind of uh, venture investments uh, in technology startups and also in uh, uh, in biotech. So were uh, you focused on like pharma tech or did you diversify into different types of No, I, 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 so after I, le after I left Pfizer, the, the uh, ventures that I, uh, was involved with and the companies that we started, most of them had nothing to do with healthcare or pharmaceutical. You know, some we did some trading in like commodities like sugar, and this was real physical trading, buying you know sugar from Brazil, selling them to like Southeast Asia, type, that type of thing. We we had some uh, shipping business, so we uh, we actually owned and operated vessels in Southeast Asia and in the Middle East, where we chartered the vessels to oil and gas companies. Uh, so the, the, uh, and then uh, I, uh, we diversified into real estate. We did some investments in real estate, both uh, uh, spec and also development. So, you know, kind of my background kind of diversified into different spaces. And when I started investing on my own, uh, I started, you know, alongside of that, I started really learning about where the technology was and where, where it was going. So I started educating myself in technology. So I was investing in tech startups in different spaces. Uh, I, I did spend, uh, I did invest in uh, 
uh, in biotech as well because I knew the space very well and I understood it. But the, there was technology startup, and then crypto started. So I started educating myself in blockchain and crypto, and started you know uh, to be my toe into that space. So that's how it all came about. And then all along, uh, my uh, one of my co-founders, Mark D'Andrea, and I had uh, been friends for, we've been friends for more than, I guess, 15 years now, 10, 15 years now. And all along, we've talked and we've, we've been looking to do something together. And then last year, when all this uh, Web3 space started to come together, we said, you know, this is the opportunity because we both are very passionate about the space. Excellent. So your company is called Letty, L-E-D-Y dot I-O. What is the mission? Are you guys focused on virtual real estate? Is it broader than that? Or where, where do you guys, where'd you start out? So Letty, uh, basically our, our, our mission is to facilitate and, and utilize the, the medium of uh, Web3 with to, to develop and, 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 uh, bring products that will uh, make lives in some respects more easy for, for people and also to be part of this, this movement, basically. Be part of what Web3 is and where it's going. Because we, we truly believe in its, in its abilities, we truly believe in the technology, but we truly believe in the promise that it has for the society. So we want to be part of this Web3. So that's that's what uh, uh, Letty's kind of overall direction is. And I know you guys started with, well, I think you started with a digital twin. Is that right? It was, it was someone said it was a uh, like a Beverly Hills physical piece of real estate, and you were able to translate that into the metaverse. Uh, so we started with the development of nine uh, resorts metaverse resorts these were all fictional resorts so for instance one was on mars one was in the jungles of amazons so uh, we wrote background stories about fictional sto background stories about each and then we worked with this architectural visualization companies that uh, that created what we envisioned this would look like in the settings that we wanted them and then we bundled those with lands in the central land and with, with the sandbox, and we sold the package as an NFT. So that's where we started from. And then in that uh, 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 context, we started interacting with real estate brokers because we were interested in working with them, maybe for them to sell some of these resources for us. And one of them said, you know, would you be able to create a digital twin of my listing? And I said, oh, that's interesting. Sure, yeah, we will be able to do that. So she said, well, when we do that, I, I want you to, let's, let's start with that. So we created a digital twin of a listing that she had in uh, Beverly Hills. And then uh, that led to, that received some good publicity. And then that led to the second one, that there was another uh, agent who had another listing in Beverly Hills. And he was interested in creating a digital twin of his listing. So we created that. So that's- so How does that explain to everybody what a digital twin is? Because some people may not know. So there's a physical piece of property and then you're developing a digital version of that? How, how did you do that? Exactly. Uh, so, so imagine a you know listing that uh, an agent has, which is in a real house in real world. Uh, and then what we do is that uh, we get the plans, and based on those plans, we create three D images of, and create the file of that uh, listing of that house. Uh, which is identical, you know, it's because we are using the plants, it's identical to what the house is. And then we uh, digitalize that, that file into an exportable file into the metaverse, basically. And we export it, we deploy it to the metaverse. Uh, you could, you know, go to our site, lady.io, and you could see these houses are identical to what the real world 
houses are. So for instance, the house that was on Ferrari Drive, the, the, the first house, we were very short on time because our listing was coming out and these things take time. They take time. So they typically, you know, they take six to eight weeks to create this. So she said, just create the exterior for me. So we did an exterior for her. But the second one, which was on Ferrari Drive in Beverly Hills, he wanted the whole thing. So we created the exterior, the interior, you know, the marbles were exactly, the, you know, the countertop marbles that he used, the appliances looked identical to the appliances he used. And he went one, one step further. He wanted us to replicate the, um, uh, the staging for, for of the furniture. So we created the, the identical staging. I worked with his staging company, they gave us the designs and the, the direction that they were going and we created the staging. So if you walked into the house and then you looked at it in the metaverse, which was we deployed it to the central land, they were identical. So the agent commissioned you guys to do the work because he's selling the physical house. He's thinking this might be a marketing tool or some, at least a way to, to show buyers maybe that can't come to Beverly Hills to see the property. Maybe they're offshore, they're in Asia, they're in South America. They can now walk through this house virtually and it's 3d right so i can see interiors exteriors everything to scale i can walk through every room and do i wear what's well, a decentraland so i can wear a a, a, a vr headset right and, and see it as if i was there correct uh, but we don't you don't need to wear the vr headsets actually it is it's a browser based so uh actually uh, you know you, you uh uh, you, you got it exactly right. So for instance, as just as an example, there were a number of agents from China because this was a developer's developed house. It was brand new house. And there were a number of agents from China that visited, personally visited the house. So what happened was that uh, we set up uh, on the screen in in the house we set up the, the the demonstration of the of the house in the central land so while they were walking in the house and visiting the house they would come in and say in the theater and it was on big screen and said what is that and so well this is the replica of the house and it's in in the central land so two things happen while they were there in the central land you would see people walking into the house. So they would say, who is that? Said, they don't know. You know, they're just visitors in the central land. They became interested. The house is in the central and they're walking into the house to see what the house is and they're what, looking at the house. But at the same time, they became pretty intrigued. So because typically speaking, what they do is that they come into these open houses and they video the whole thing. They get they do a, a very detailed video of the whole thing, and then they send it to their potential clients. So now they had another tool to walk their potential clients through the house. And so later on, the agent actually sent me a link of this of the. Chinese agents link, but it's basically site. So she put the Decentraland video and walkthrough and the link on her website. She talked about it in her video that you could go into Decentraland and you could, you could visit this yourself. And she put the whole thing on her website in China so that the, uh, her potential clients would be able to visit the house uh, by basically logging into the central land. I mean, she could also do a tour, right? She could say, hey, I will help you log into the central land and walk through the house or describe it to you as you're walking through it. Yes. Was that true. house for sale in the central land or was it only part of a bundle or how could, so say, say somebody's interested in China, they want to buy the house or say someone's interested and only wants to buy the property in the central land. Is that possible? So the, the, it, it depends on how the agent wanted to market it. The, the, the first agent sold them separately, said, if you are interested in buying the digital house, this is the price. 
and we will bundle it with the land for you. We will purchase the land in the central land or the sandbox, whichever you prefer, and you will you will own both of them. The second agent included it in the sale of the house and said, if you get this, you will get the digital version of the house as an NFT. And we will, you know, we will include the land in either the central land or the sandbox, whichever you prefer. So you will get the real house and then you will have the digital house uh, as well. And how did it the sell? Did, did, did someone buy that and they now own both representations of it? You know, I, quite frankly, I, I don't know where uh, where that goes. You know, basically our work was finished after we created the house and we turned it over. So I, I, I really don't know whether they ended up selling it. So during during the open some of the open house, the initial open houses, we were there and we were we were you know, talking to them. And he said that there are some people that say, oh, this is cool. I would want this. And he said there were some people say, I don't care about that. So I don't know where, where that ended up, quite frankly. Interesting. I'm, I'm wondering one day if the Decentraline or the digital version could be worth more than the physical version. You're <laughs> NFT prices well, go all over the place, right? It's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it depends. On, but but it, the, the, the novelty of it is pretty cool. You know, so I own the real house and i own the digital twin in the metaverse so and it's, i think it's beyond novelty i think as a marketing tool that's a big deal like you said people are spending i mean i know guys that shoot home videos and it's probably tens of thousands of dollars to do one really well especially for a high-end property that's you know ten thousand square feet so when they're preparing and shooting and editing that video it's sent out generally on youtube um, I guess you could send it to clients one by one or have clients link back to that. But the idea of being able to walk through a property from the exterior, looking at it from every angle, going room by room. And like you said, I think you were down to the detail in the marble, um, seeing that represented in a way that I could spend time in it, get a sense of scale. Um, I think that's completely different than seeing a 2D video of a property. So I don't, I'm wondering how many more agents, I, I'm sure it's probably cost prohibitive. If it's a if it's say a low priced offering, but if it's a very expensive home or an estate, that makes sense. Yeah, for high end homes, especially in markets like Los Angeles, that's like New York, like Miami. I mean, these are these are global markets. These these are these markets have buyers from all over the world. And uh, and the interesting thing is that when you look at the adoption of let's say metaverse in uh, other countries. They are, you could say that there is more adoption, there are fast, you know, fast tracking the adoption than, than we are here in the US. So that, that definitely could be a very valuable marketing tool for agents to, that are targeting the global, you know, like Aspen, like, you know, those, those, these markets, you know, bring customers from all over the world. So yes, absolutely, I think it definitely could be used as a marketing tool, I mean, and, and they were using it as a marketing tool. And someone needs to open like a global brokerage in Decentraland, right? If you just put one up in front and said, we have houses all over the world, come in and click on a tour and you could actually see the virtual twin. Yeah, that's um, absolutely. Really interesting. So where, where are you guys now and where have you gone since the, since the digital twins and, and what are you looking at? So uh, subsequent to, to that, uh, experiment and, and 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 quite frankly what we are you know giving what the space is giving how new the space is giving uh, given how uh you know fast things are developing we we really at at Lady, we really look at looking at all of this at everything that we've done and we are doing right now as as the r d that we need to do that you know to understand what does it take to develop and 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 deploy to the metaverse to understand what does it take to to work with a centralized platform versus a decentralized platform to understand the pros and cons of each platform within each category so we really are doing our homework because the, we have a much larger kind of vision and plan for the platform that we are going to be that we are, we are working on but uh 
basically the publicity that we received from these digital twin uh, houses uh, uh, led to the relationship with uh, uh, a district manager in cent at the central land. He reached out, uh, reached out to us and said, listen, I have, uh, I'm a district manager in the central land. I own 279 parcels in the central land uh, that I would like to develop. I have done another development. Uh, he uh, has uh, a development or a game in the central land called uh, Wonder Zone. And he said that I would like to work with you guys to develop uh, this 279 parcels. So we teamed up and became partners and we uh, we recruited a, a award winning architect from Ecuador to design the to do the master plan for the whole uh, place. And we developed that it's called Crystal City. It's a mixed use uh, zone and it's a mixed use district. Uh, we have an event space with with stage and everything so that we could host events and we as you know we uh, broadcasted we uh, live streamed the the conference onto the screen in the uh, in our event space yes that was like the first if, we don't know if it's the first metaverse conference streamed into the metaverse but it was an early conference for sure in, in crystal i wouldn't be surprised if the if it is the first one I have not heard of any other one. We could check at least we could check with the central land folks uh, because they would have the data on their platform. But I don't think that there has been a, another metaverse conference that has been live streamed. Uh, so and then there are uh, spaces for offices. There are spaces for creative studios uh, and uh, there are spaces for uh, basically type of uh individual situations where somebody wants to do something for a period of time is to have an installation there for a period of time and then take it down so uh, we, we provide the opportunity for for all of those okay so you partnered with an existing guy in wonder zone he was already established in decentraland why why decentraland over sandbox or upland or another another platform did you guys have a preference so no, we we are actually uh, we are uh, platform uh, agnostic. We, we we doesn't you know we, we will we like to work in all uh, with all platforms. Uh, this opportunity he happened to have these parcels in the central land, so that's that's one thing. And also, obviously, as we all know, this, in the decentralized uh, platform space. The central land and the sandbox are the, the most popular one. And in some respect, the central land is provides more uh, flexibility in terms of the, uh, the implementation of the designs. So we, and again, you know, the, 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 uh, the parcels were in the central land. Now, one thing that we're trying to bring through this project to the to the interested parties is the cost reduction because uh, right now if you want to build something in the central land or in the sandbox for the most part there are a couple of type couple of uh, entities that offer this space but for the most part you will need to purchase the parcels and you know for an entry position especially for, let's say for an artist for a creator these two these spaces could become this parcel could become expensive so what we are offering is a lease option so that uh, people would be able to uh, to lease these spaces and and at a much, much, much at a fraction of the cost that they would pay to purchase the parcel and bring in their work to the to the space. So uh, to that end, actually, we are we, we have had one event in the space and now we are planning a creators event, holiday creators event uh, for the week of December 19th, where uh, artists and uh, and creators will come in, take up a space and, and display the, their, their work. If they're interested, they could, if they have their set up NFTs, they could sell the NFTs. Uh, so you could go to do your holiday shopping, uh, NFT shopping in, uh, in Crystal City. 
That's brilliant. All right, so why Crystal City? Give me some background on on the theme. Why is it called that? What is the overall theme? I know there's, I've seen, I've been in there. I've seen that there's a glacier. I know it's got like almost like ice crystals, but is that the underlying theme or, or why did you go with that? Yeah, so uh, uh, Felipe Scadero, who is the architect, uh, he came up with three different concepts, completely different concepts. And when they were all really nice designs, beautiful designs. But when we saw the Crystal City design, we all kind of felt like this is it. This is the direction we want to go. And as you pointed out, the, the inspiration are these crystal towers uh, that are set on top of these glaciers. And the, the background here is that unlike the real life where the, you know, the developments and the, our human activities are melting away the glaciers, here you could have your activities and, uh, and we, we do not harm the environment and the glaciers stay intact. So it is the metaverse. So it's it's climate proof. Um, but are there, this is an interesting question, because I, I don't know, are there seasons in the in Decentraland? I, I, every time I'm in there, it looks the same. So I don't even think there's nighttime, right? Does is, is it look the same all the time in Decentraland? No, actually time changes. There, there are, there are, there are, it goes through the 24 hour circle, you know, the sun moves and then you have nighttime. And then pretty soon uh, when uh, you go to the central and you'll see that there's a snow everywhere. Is it? There's okay. a snow on the ground. But where is it based? Because if I, I usually go on it in the daytime in, in LA, mm -hmm. it always looks the same to me. So. Yeah. Is it is it based on where I'm located, or is it set in? Is it tied to a different time zone? I guess is the question. And longitude and latitude. Uh, I think. Well, I think the time zone is East Coast time zone. I think I'm not sure. That's a great question. I'm not sure what why it is. But you could also, in your own settings, you could go and change the time. And if you change the time in your settings, you will see that it will, you know, the sun moves and, you know, you have a sunset and then you have, uh, you have uh, night and, uh, and evening time and all that. So, yeah. So if I walk from one parcel to another, it could be in a completely different time zone, completely different season. Well, uh, mm, mm, well, two, two things. One is that it depends on the on the design that's on the parcel. So, for instance, if somebody dis makes a design uh, with snow on the ground or year round, then yes, you will see snow in one parcel and you will not see snow in another parcel. But uh, if you do move around, typically speaking, you will see the same time zone unless you change the time zone on your setting where then it will change the time zone for all the parcels. It's not that it doesn't change the part, uh, time zone for that particular parcel. It will change it for your, the whole the whole platform. I, I never thought about that. I've, I've, I've been in the central line maybe, I don't know, 10 times, and, and it's it seems the same. But I do recall I was in there once at night, and it was dark, and like I was in your, your area where Crystal City is, and the screen was in a nighttime setting different than in the daytime but it was also later in los angeles in my time zone so i'm wondering i didn't know i didn't think it could be tied to a different time zone that's that's interesting yeah i think i think it is tied to a different time zone if i'm if i have that correctly Don't okay so are you, are you guys bringing in third parties are you bringing in brands what's the plan for developing out crystal city yeah so uh, there is already one brand uh, that so uh, yes, there's already one brand that has uh, we have uh, executed an agreement. They actually buying buying uh, part of the parcel. They buying they purchased a four by four parcel, and they are going to be deploying a very national reputable brand. You will definitely recognize the name. I'm not at the liberty to disclose it yet, but they that they have purchased parcel uh, in crystal city and 
and uh, we have had a couple of uh, uh, creators who have purchased, uh, who have uh, studios now there, and these are people that are creating wearables, and they have studios in in there. And so the idea is that yes, we will be working with brands that would have interest in uh, having space in the metaverse, and uh, we will be able to work with them to either design the space or they could have their own space and design it and deploy it. Uh, there offers flexibility in terms of how they would want to work with us, but the space is available both in raw or in the towers or or in the in the event area separately, so that they could they could uh, they could take on a uh, space. Both brands, artists, creators, uh, musicians, anybody who wants to have presence, uh, you know, let's say for instance, Sotheby wants to have a presence, that, you know, doesn't matter. Are there zoning issues? Can you, I mean, can you have a concert space next to a meditation space? I mean, how do, how do you guys work out the issues between different, different tenants? And so, uh, Right now, there is no zoning, so that's the beauty of metaverse. So you don't have to worry about zoning issues. You don't have to worry about uh, the laws of physics in 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 some respects. So you don't have to worry about uh, structural compliance. So not that 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 doesn't exist now. What we have done actually, one of the uh, uh, points that we make to potential clients is that if you went and purchased the parcel in the central land and you put up your brand whatever that brand is and somebody came you have no control over who will purchase the parcel next to you and it might be some something that you really don't have any interest to be adjacent to but in crystal city we try to create a situation where there is some sort of harmony in in uh, in uh, terms of who goes there and who is the brand, so that you don't have that uh, uh, that kind of complexity in who the, your neighbor is and whether you want to be next to that neighbor. So the governance is with Letty, or how's the how do you guys resolve the governance? Is there going to be a, a voting body or like an HOA, or what do you what do you envision that as? So right now the governance is with Letty. Right now this is uh, what what we uh, have in place. The governance is with Letty for Crystal City. Obviously we need to be within the compliance of the central land, but that's it. That's that's doesn't really have anything to do with with your neighbor and those type of things. So that is all within Letty, but. Uh, what we are going to do is, as the list of the clients grow, we definitely are going to uh, bring in more input and give more decision making to the to the clients. That has always been the plan. And just a quick, another just a curious question. I know you have coordinates to get to. Uh, let's call it a two. It's just so bad. Two D, right? If you say like negative 255 that puts me on a plane but what if i'm in a tower right what if i've i have a loft in a tower and the and the flat coordinates are negative 255 how do i is there another coordinate for vertical how do i identify where i might be in a vertical sense so the the coordinates are going to be on the land on the on the parcel the parcels have designated coordinates the, the tower does not have each floor of the tower does not have a designated coordinate so for instance if you go to uh, negative uh, negative 254 uh, then you would land uh, on the stage right in in front of the towers on the stage now if you have space in the uh in, the, in one of the towers then there are two ways to get to your space one is that you could actually walk into the atrium of the of the towers and take the elevator up there there's an elevator you get on the elevator and there are num you know numbers you push your number and it takes you to the floor that you want to go uh, the other one is that we are uh, there are some some of the spaces so for instance uh, there is an observation deck the observation deck uh, is on the 15th floor of one of the towers 
Right now, you could take the elevator up there, or you could teleport yourself up there. So there are. So when you get to the uh, the space, you get to the uh, to the uh, event space in front of the uh, the towers. Uh, if you point to the tower, the, the observation deck, it will allow you to jump and and teleport to the observation deck. And we are going to provide to create more of that for different floors so that you would be able to teleport to the. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I would think that at some point they would add a third coordinate, right? So if it is, if there's 10 spaces on the 15th floor, just getting me to the 15th floor, now I still have to go to the different spaces on that floor. And if I can't see it, like say it's on the back end of the tower, how would I teleport to the back side, right? There's, I think they're going to have to add a vertical three-dimensional. That, that's a very, very interesting idea. And uh, that's, that's very, very, that's, that, that's pretty cool, adding a third dimension to it so that it would become your, you know, your address in a sense. Uh, so I'll, 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 I'll definitely talk to the, to the team about that to, to see if there is any way, you know, to incorporate that into the central platform because the coordinates are part of the central platform. They are not something that we are designating. Sure, but it's flat. Like, like you said, negative 254, that's only a, an X and a Y coordinate. Yeah, the Z right. coordinate, which I got to believe people are going to build up or down um that, that's going to become very important right? yeah, absolutely so <laughs> excuse me right now <clears throat> we are the uh, the tallest mixed use space uh in the central land uh, but yes you're absolutely right there are some some height limitations in terms of the relationship and the ratio to the parcels to the size of the land that you're building on so for what's instance, the limit you know so so it, it's 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 a, it's a ratio so for instance you know if you have a four by four parcel you can't build as high as we have on a 279 parcel you see so if you have 16 parcels that's going to be much shorter than somebody who you know has 200 parcels so it, it it's directly related to the number of parcels and that's how the ratio works how high are your towers so <clears throat> the tallest uh, <clears throat> the tallest tower i think is 160 feet wow so that could be 16 floors it's yeah yes yes it's give or take exactly i think we have 18 floors maybe and are you at the limit or, or is that? Yeah, we are at the limit. Okay. So yeah, you pushed it to the limit. You have 279 parcels and you could go 16 or 18, 18 stories up. Okay. I, I got to believe because they have a limit, they know the airspace, right? And they must be able to identify how high you go. So there must be a way to incorporate a coordinate, um, which would be much more helpful because I, I, I got to imagine if you sell out you know, 18 floors on your tower, someone's going to want to not have to take the stairs every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take your avatar taking 18 floors of stairs is, is, is sometime, is, is, is some task. Absolutely. That's going to be, yes. Absolutely. So, all right. You got Crystal Cities. You're bringing in brands. You've got one band. You've got towers built. What's, is there an overarching plan for, other types of areas within Crystal City? Are you going to build other cities? Where do you guys go from here, Mark? Okay, so uh, right now, uh, our focus is is make to make Crystal City a fully functional, utilized space. So that's what we're focusing on right now. Uh, bringing events, bringing more events, like again, yeah, only working with brands, bringing the brands to the space, and making this somewhere that uh, people will like to hang hang around. Now, one element with regard to the metaverse is that the space has to be doesn't matter what space it is. Its space has to be gamified. If people are going there, they want to be able to do something. So that's the other element that we are working on to gamify 
is we are not going to be a gaming uh, entity, but we are going to gamify uh, Crystal City so that when people, you know, the, inter the entertainment part, the entertainment component is very valuable for those who visit and they would have reason to visit and come back and for the brands so that there is traffic because at the end of the day, the, uh, all this is about creating traffic uh, in the metaverse. So we are working, those are the two focuses that we have right now to gamify. Crystal City creates more, create more events and work with uh, brands to onboard them to the space. Now we're seeing that, and I, we brought this up at the conference as well in our conversation there, where the gaming platforms seem to have all the eyeballs right now, and the, the decentralized platforms seem to have less. And the question is, are brands going to come in and gamify a lifestyle versus bringing in an actual game and, and having a brand presence in a game versus a gamified brand presence? And I think that balance is being start starting to be figured out now um, between different different brands and different uh, different platforms, right? I mean, you see a lot of things happening in Roblox. I think because there's a lot of eyeballs there, and their and their and their engines are probably more sophisticated than some of the engines available right now in Decentraland or Sandbox. Um, where do you see that? Do you see that conversions happening, or what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's a great point, Andrew. That's a it's a great question. So. Uh, I think what is going on is that everybody is in experimental mode. Everybody is experimenting. Absolutely. You know, the, the gaming platforms do have the traffic, do have the eyeballs. Uh, but then there is this major movement to decentralizing it. And, and some of the gaming platforms, like, you know, Epic Games uh, and, and the CEO Tim Sweeney has talked about that, that you know, we need to move toward decentralization. So I think uh, we are going through this complete change that the platforms, the brands, the creators, everybody's experimenting to basically see what what the masses would like, what is the mass adoption. And I think in the end, it's not going to be one versus another because people have different tastes. You know, at the end, the customer has to make the decision. What we need to do is create good products yeah, that the cost that has created some value to the customer, whether it's entertainment value, whether it's information value, whatever it is, we need to focus on the customer. We need to focus on creating good products that either solves some problem or creates some value in that is not there right now. And then, and then leave it to the customer. Well, and the other point is, I think in a decentralized landscape, we're talking about ownership. Right, so where a creator now can have and participate in ownership is much different than being in a, in a Roblox, where Roblox governs everything and owns everything, and you can buy into it and use it, but you don't own it. Whereas in Decentraland, like with Crystal Cities, you guys own those parcels, right? You can lease them out, you can put on a show, you can have exhibits, you can do whatever you want because you're sharing in the ownership of that, which I think will change how people relate and as a creator i think creators are going to focus on places where they can actually participate financially and like you said delivering value from something they own versus something they're renting or something they're just using for a short time yes absolutely i think what we see is that when you look at individual creators those especially those who are so passionate about their work uh more more and, and and the work is more important to them than the financial reward they practically all are on the decentralized side they really want that ownership they want that control they want to be able to have that message for their end user all that stuff on the brand side because there is more mandate on immediate ROI and stuff and, and those type of things we see that you know some some very uh, 
critical decision making is being done now on kind of waiting and 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 seem like some are, are are experimenting with both sides and trying to learn the pros and cons of both sides as i mentioned to you once we uh and make the announcement the announcement goes out about this brand this is this is a national brand this is a global brand that is coming to the central land uh, they chose the central land over uh, let's say roblox uh, but there are a lot of brands in Roblox as well. So I think there's a lot of experimentation that is going on and, and has to continue uh, because there are a lot of other elements still that needs to be figured out and needs to be developed for mass adoption. I think you're right. And, and also the line blurring between creator and consumer, right? So just because you're looking or using something in one sense, you could be creating it in the other sense. And we're, we're talking to, we talked to the same people at DressX and Diverge, digital fashion, right? You, people are creating their own clothing and they're wearing it and they're buying it and they're selling it. So the line between strictly being someone who's consuming or strictly being someone who's creating is I think being blurred. And that again, back to ownership, would you rather create an environment where you own nothing or would you rather create an environment where you own everything and then you have control over pricing and distribution, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, I think this is a much deeper conversation, but. Yes, absolutely. No, I think, uh, so what the way I, I look at it is that we are in such an early stage and, and in my view, it would be short-sighted if for instance, the, the centralized entities will think that oh we have more 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 traffic we have everything and therefore we are going to do our own thing and the decentralized folks say well we have the creators that we're going to do the own thing my view is that there's got to be right now is the age where we need to do collective work there's got to be a lot of collaboration uh so you know i'm 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 personally not enthused about the fact that we have two kind of uh, organizations that have been formed and one is all the large corporations with the centralized focus which is called the metaverse standard forum or msf and then one is the decentralized entities uh, which is called open metaverse alliance uh, so where, you know, if there isn't mass adoption, Meta is not going to benefit from this. Uh, Microsoft is not going to benefit from this. Neither is the central land. So I think <clears throat> there's got to be collaboration to create the infrastructure, to create the messaging, to create what is needed for mass adoption. Then this space has so much promise. It is so huge that you know you will leave it to the customers see which 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 platform do they prefer which you know which, where do they where does the customer want to go i think you're right i mean this is the beginning this is a chance to build community chance to work together a chance to, like you said bring in both sides of that conversation and build something that delivers value because you're right if you deliver value the consumers will come that's been proven again and again if you if it's something that costs or is it too hard to get to or doesn't benefit somebody, no one's going to come to it. So I think it's it's literally about how do you deliver good value? How do you work across the board, build something that's got transparency and interoperability, which I think is also a, a Web3 mm -hmm. concept because you don't want to silo things down and say, you can only use this wearable here. But what if I bought you know 10,000 wearables and now I can't use them in a different platform? That's it's It's useless. So... I think there's going right. to be some issues, but that's that's a big area of, of discussion as well. Right, right. This is exactly, you know, it's like <clears throat> it's like if in real world you went and bought an outfit, and they said, okay, you could wear this to this place, but you can't wear it to this party. You could wear this to this party, but you can't wear it to this party. That has to be the individual's choice. It shouldn't be the platform. So the inter interoperability is very critical. I think. I think obviously the infrastructure that would enable the speed 
and the bandwidth is very important. I think there is that work is 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 moving forward, that which is great. But all subsequent to that, and and in parallel with that, I think the interface right now, especially with the decentralized platforms, the interface is is really not ready for mass adoption. You know, you know, there so for instance, some of the platforms when you want to get on the platform, the, it reminds me of back then when we had the dial-up network, uh, you know, process. You had to wait and well, back then people do did not have a perceived standard. So they didn't know. So they were okay. You know, they would they would they would take it. But now this, there is a standard of how fast you need to connect. And, and if that is not there, you would lose a lot of people that are not going to, you know, say, oh, God, this is, this is not, this, this not going to work. So there is that. I mean, if you, and the other things, like it's simple things, like if you were going to create a digital wallet, it is a process. Yes. The process. And also, not only it is a process, it looks like it's something that's for coders. It yes. doesn't it will not work with my aunt. You know, my aunt is not going to be able to create a digital wallet. And they want but, a picture of your ID, the front and the back, and your passport, and you're holding up it, it's it's there's still too much friction to get into it. So many pain points, so many touch points that that it just is not <laughs> ready for. So those are some of the things that we really need. There's a lot of opportunity. Uh, in 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 creating those type of things, then there's the standardizations. You know, it both the centralized and centralized platforms will benefit if there is a common standardization. So, for instance, visually there are icons that everybody would recognize, whether it is in the central land or whether it is Meta, that people it will benefit both. So those type of things are there. There are a lot of areas that I think the entities could, these organizations could work together. And then most, I think, very important is the messaging, educating the customer and messaging, taking control of the messaging, and don't let others create the message for for the industry. If others create the message, most likely it's not going to be rosy because there is no fun. There is, you know, it doesn't sell. Good stuff doesn't sell. It's not uh, dramatic. So the messaging is the other part in here uh, that I think uh, is opportunity for collaboration and working together. So uh, it's a lot of work still needs to be done, but it's, it's an amazing space and an amazing opportunity. In my view, it's just, it is amazing opportunity and amazing development in this uh, movement from digital to spatial i think it is it is amazing that we we are here and we are witnessing this as this is happening 100 i know you have to run but i appreciate you being here today and you're absolutely right mark there's so much in front of us the potential is huge the opportunities are just starting to open up now um, we'll have further conversations i want to thank you for joining us at the last minute um everybody mark MTS, thanks for being Future Worlds. Thank you so much for, for having me. I really appreciate it and I enjoyed it. It's always, always, always lovely and, and, and nice to have these conversations. And specifically, I enjoy talking to you about these things. Thank you very much, Steve.